Welcome to the Getting to Clarity podcast, the place where busy women leaders discover how to create more success in their leadership journey with less sacrifice in their life. Here's your host, Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity. Hey, hello, and welcome. I am Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity, and this is another episode of the Getting to Clarity podcast, where busy women leaders come to hear my guests and myself share tips, tools, and techniques to help you create more success with less sacrifice in your leadership and life. And today, I have my friend and Colleen, Pegeen. No other introduction necessary, but I'm going to give you just a little bit more. So Pegeen is a best-selling author. She is an award-winning businesswoman, advisor to U.S. presidents and Fortune 500 executives on women in business, women in leadership who are called to lead. She educates women leaders and businesswomen on how to influence, impact, and inspire their world to increase profits, productivity, and positively engage stakeholders and employees. And she just goes by her first name. Begin, like I said, just like share. No other, no other introduction necessary. She is a serial entrepreneur, and believe me, I have seen a lot of it. Her current company, Team Pegeen, was named as the number three fastest growing privately owned company in North Florida at the Women's Business Enterprise National Council Conference. She was given an award sponsored by Macy's that named Pegeen as one of the three minority women who rock in business. And if you just get a look at Pegeen, you will see that she rocks. Her best-selling book called To Lead, Success Strategies for Women, holds a global message for women leaders. And if that's not enough, there are five other books on leadership, business, and motivation. So Pegeen's business success story appears in nine books, and her quotes appear in over 15 additional books. Sherm has called Pegeen one of the 100 global thought leaders on diversity and inclusion. And she leads the Power Women Worldwide, a movement of training along with initiatives for business leaders, of which I am a member. I love Power Women Worldwide, and I love Pegeen. So I'm so glad that you were here. Thank you for being here, and welcome, Pegeen. I am so excited to be here with you. I've been such a fan of your work. And I am so grateful for the work that you do. You know, we need to be in so many places, in so many industries to support, to engage, and to allow women leaders to know you're not alone. There are people who, there are so, there are millions actually of people that are rooting, that need you, that want you to lead. And at the same time, it's extraordinarily lonely. So I love that you and I are together because, you know, <laughs> get a hug and lean on each other and go, okay, let's put our, you know, let's sit down, have some water, let's get together. And then we'll go, okay, time to go back in, put on the, 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 the look, get back and we're here. And I think that that's really what we, meaning you, me and every woman leader does on a daily basis. Absolutely. You know, we were we're different and we're unique in the world of business and leadership and we're wanted, needed, and when I say need, I mean desperately needed of our way of doing things, not because we want to push anybody out, but we want balance. Exactly. It's really not either is. or, it's and. Yeah, yeah. it really yes. is to be unified in that way. Yeah. 
tell me, give give the listeners a little bit of background, listeners, viewers, about what got you to where you are today. Oh, that's a very, very good question. Very hard question. I would say that what the biggest thing that got me to where I am, as I can look at my career, I think it's a great exercise for everybody to do, is that the end of a decade, no matter where you are right now, if you look back and really start writing what if, what had happened between the time you were 20 and 30, and then 30 to 40, and then 40 to 50, and you really just list all of the accomplishments, all of the, the things that you're so proud of for a decade. You will find a couple of things that are fascinating, thrilling, exciting, and oh my gosh, none of the things that you're going to write is anything you planned for. Mm. None of it. None of your biggest accomplishments, none of your biggest rah rahs, none of your biggest, oh, I feel so proud of myself. This was going great. None of it was written in your plan or in your goal sheet. None of it. Everything came to me and comes to you because of your desire to express yourself the most fully, completely possible and trusting, we talked to this about a little bit earlier, trusting that you're always going to be tapped for where you're supposed to go next. It's why I I write about and I, everything, you know, we wrote the book, All to Lead, everything that we do is about You will be called to lead. You are attracted to this podcast, for instance, because you're a leader. So for me, that happened consistently. And it's really funny because I even look back before I looked from 10 to 20. What did I do? Well, you know, it was really hysterical is I used to wrangle all the kids in the neighborhood to come into the driveway and sit as I taught them, like as a school teacher. and. I had a blast in that. And then, you know, as as much as I had a story of turmoil and I break out the violin, I also had these incredible accomplishments. And when I mean break out the violin, trust me, my life was a unique experience as a teenager. <laughs> yes, it was. Right. But uh, what I learned, and it took me years, is when I started doing this work of so what happened in the decade, I was like, wait a minute, but in spite of that. In spite of that, I still, you know, was first chair of the Bronx Orchestra playing the clarinet, who I didn't even remember that until I did this work. I still was raising my hand and being involved in different organizations. And then in my that 20 to 30, I went off to live in Spain and I opened two businesses in Spain on my own. I came back and I started as receptionist and worked my way up to national sales manager for a major corporation and then director of operations for a major corporation and then president of sales for a large direct selling company at that point. And that, and then, you know, I decided to do something silly like have kids. And, you know, that became because of the work that I was doing and the things that I was learning and the things that was going the second, that decade from 20, from, yeah, from 30 to 40 became something of combining unbeknownst to me. Back early when I was in Spain, I couldn't find a job anywhere because I'm not a Spanish citizen and you have to prove why are you special. 
So nobody would hire me. My mom would have been a school teacher. I had been a paraprofessional in, in nursery schools and early child centers. So I decided back then to open the first bilingual nursery school. <laughs> no clue what I was doing. But then I ended up opening three of those. Well, years later, when I had kids, of course, I had this knowledge. And I would go to these mommy me things that we all do, like after work, I would come home, us and take them to mommy and me. And I just started spouting things. Well, one of the mothers said, oh, nobody is writing like that. I'm going to connect with you. So you could start writing about parenting. And it was parenting for professionals. Which was, and it was your how voice. do you be a, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Had no clue. Well, that led to me writing columns. And then I was in, asked to be in a couple of other books about parenting. And, you know, all of that evolved. And then I began to talk about my work on behalf of women. Everything has always been everything, which was not, if you had asked me, are you going to be a woman's leadership expert? First up, I would have said, I don't even know what you're talking about. But it's fascinating to look at my whole career from opening a nursery school. So I was working with women who are professional women dropping off their kids all the time. Had many a woman crying in my arms. Had many a kid dropped off in their pajamas because they were rushing to work and they couldn't get. Had many a mom hysterical crying because they couldn't remember to bring home the cupcake that needed for the thing. And, you know, they were more concerned about a business meeting. I, you know, I, I didn't realize that was an education piece for me of where I was going. And then later on in life, how I ran a support center and started working with women in, in leadership. And because of my sales background and being a national sales manager and, and being, remember being at a meeting with the president of this large corporation, all the directors were there, including myself, because I was the director of sales, national sales. I was the only woman and they just pissed me off one day. I mean, <laughs> it was like, I, they, they said something that was just stupid. stupid. And I know okay. <laughs> all of you know the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And what I did at that moment was I actually resigned. That is one of, you're talking about success and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That was one of the regrettable moments that I did. Okay. Because I was national sales manager. The president would, would eventually resign. I would have been president. And all those guys who were sitting would have been fired because they were rude and not, not that great at what they did. They weren't that good. There were other people. I, kn I knew way more qualified people. But, you know, you, you, I got on a little, my little high horse with my little, oh, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to do this. And I decided, you know, and that led me to just, I needed to go back to school, graduate school. I wanted to understand. See, what was happening for me at that point, if you don't mind me sharing, what was happening for me then was I was, I was constantly offering really amazing women jobs to be in an industry. A men, this was men's menswear. So I was offering them opportunities and jobs. There were very, very few women. Being a female salesperson that works a territory gives tremendous freedom. Mm. You're not tied to a desk. You're not tied. I mean, I would take my mom and the baby in the back when I was a territorial salesperson. That's I travel. We traveled up the East Coast. But 
what so many times they were stepping back and saying, oh, no, I can't do that. Mm. Or if I wanted them to be grown, no, 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 I can't do that. And so I got fascinated with how do organizations help or hinder women to move up rank? Mm-hmm. And how do women, and I will say women of color, people of color, it was my big thing. How do you help or hinder yourself within an organization? And that became my fascination. So it sounds like the little bits and pieces of everything, starting from the daycare to the guys who said stupid things and pissed you off, all contributed. I mean, it it was just like this, this sack of information that you had been accumulating through all of these experiences throughout your life. And then all of a sudden it it's it shows up in one day and it's like, okay, this is what I can share. This is how I can share it. This is how I can make an impact because you've been living it and collecting it for decades. decades. And one of the things, so it's really like, you know, there's an old song, old, old song called by Carol King called the tapestry of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, your tapestry is red and green and gold going through it. I will definitely say that my career, my life has been a tapestry a beautiful tapestry. It's not over yet, right? But it's a beautiful tapestry that's been created, this this image. And and the more, I think that what you're saying is over time, if you probably looked at this, if you imagine the tapestry, a woven rug that's been going along, and if I looked at the decades, you would probably see this beautiful picture of women emerging, Mm. that women standing tall, women being in charge, women in power positions, women who who are able to have the baby, you know, there used to be a, a horrible commercial. I can mic up the bacon and fry in the pan and yeah. never, ever, you know, like you, you were able to, I could bring home the bacon. I could do all this stuff, but you would probably my, my tapestry see I've done it all. And I'm grateful for it. I know that every woman is creating her own tapestry. Yes. I and- know that it, as long as you keep on following your flow. So when we go back to what I talked to you about earlier, you can have your goals, but don't let your goals stop you from taking opportunities. Sometimes we get so fixated of what we've written in our book that we don't realize that there's this power. I'm a, I'm a huge think and grow rich expert thinker place so the the in he in he talks about it all the time about this infinite intelligence that enables you to do what you your bigger self is is destined to be and if you think it only happens one way then you're choking off the possibility of that energy coming to you another way perhaps an easier way absolutely and you're you know our greatest ability I love working with women so much. Our greatest ability is that we get stuff done. Yes, we do. With multiple tasks. Now, this is where it's really important because a lot of times we say, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, we're thinking about, you know, I got kids. I got to go do this or I got to get the fabrics. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to find somebody to get married to me. I'm trying to be over here. You know, our, our mind is like this spaghetti filled of stuff running through our head, right? What we don't recognize is we were made to do that. We know how to do this. So just say yes and dive in because you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can handle it. There's no doubt about it. 
that you can handle it. And here's the other thing. Now, now I will say I've been on a mission. And I love this success combined with sacrifice that you talk about. The, the biggest sacrifice that you could do is letting go of your small thinking. Mm. Letting going, letting go of being hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Letting go of generational messages, mm-hmm. ancestral messages that say you that's not what a woman does. You right. can't do that. Those You're stories. Oh, oh that and they don't serve you anymore. Down and they don't serve you. And you need to let yeah. them. So that's it. People don't realize you're holding on to that stuff. You got to let that stuff go. Yeah. Because success looks, success oftentimes for women doesn't look like success in a patriotical society. Right. I was just talking, I, I was just talking to one of my coaching clients who happens to be a guy. I mean, he's just like overwhelmed. The guy bought a jet and this other guy bought a, a Lamborghini car. And oh my gosh, I'm so, and I'm thinking, it's a freaking car and it's a freaking plane. What really, you know, in my <laughs> it's mind, a hole in the right? sky into which one pours money. <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah. Like now, yeah. and I, that's not what success for me is. Well, let me ask you that. What is success according to Begin? So success. So I have five things, physical, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and fiscal. So I look at success as, as these five areas. Okay. So physical is, of course, you know, how am I taking care of myself? Not only how am I physically taking care of myself about what I'm eating, but in, and, and I'm going to talk specifically about work. All right. Am I physically taking care of myself at work? Hmm. So am I going to meetings where there's a lot of alcohol and I don't like alcohol. Am I going to those meetings because I feel like I have to, and is my head into a game that they're thinking that they're watching me? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a vegan, right? So physically, if I'm going to a meeting, am I taking care of my physical needs in those meetings so that I'm having the food that I deserve to have and I want to have for myself? And I'm not compromising my physicalness in order to do the my job. Right. So emotional. Am I allowing myself? Am I feeling emotional? Am I having my emotional success? So I told you earlier that for me, I I have three key pieces about my success from right. an emotional state. I have to feel freedom. I have to be free. I want to be free to be me. I want to express me. I'm going to show up. So, you know, when I've spoken to, for instance, banking, like, you know, when you go to banking industry, like you're in the banking industry, I'm this is this this is me, you know, <laughs> this and I'm is it. This change is with you. I've had t- times where somebody has said, you know, and you can you take it down? Can you talk? No, you're hiring me because you want authenticity and you want truth and you want this is what power I bring. and you this is this is what I bring. Mm-hmm. The second thing is orgasmic. I want to feel orgasmic. I want that juicy, gooey. Oh man, this is amazing! Wow. This is what it can be. I want to feel that. I want to. I, I wrote a book years ago called Bragging Rights, and I thought I was very slick. It was about bragging rights, about transforming your team in 21 days. And it was towards women, but it didn't say anywhere women. And what I had on the cover was these black sequins. 
because I know what it feels like when you're winning the top award. You're wearing, you know, you know, you're all going to wear a sequin something. If you won the top award, you're going to go in and you're going to wear something sequin-y. And of course, I wear black a lot, so I knew black. So I had the cover look like black sequins. Nobody got the nobody got the message. Don't ever nobody <laughs> got the message. But it's that orgasmic feeling of saying, "I am a champion. I'm winning this. I feel good about it. I love how I look. I love how I own that meeting. I love how I made myself feel in that meeting. I think it's critically how you important. showed up. How you show up, and then the mm-hmm. grace, right? That you're you're knowing. Grace has been a beautiful word that I've come to understand. Have you ever gone, Debbie, outside and you've seen like a lake or the sunrise or the tree and like you gasp because it's so beautiful or like you're looking at your grandchild and you look at their face and you just gasp at how much you can love someone that you can be in awe of somewhere. Well. I will tell you that it's really important that you recognize everybody listening, watching, that the universe gasps in awe at you, mm. is is gasping at, oh, gosh, Debbie, how beautiful you are, the way you speak, the way you do your work, how you show up. So are you embracing yourself and grace? So that's emotional, right? So physical, mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual. Spiritual is a combination of that. But the spiritual is, for me, is also, am I, do I, have I given my space, whether I'm on a business trip? This is really critical because women tend to put aside this part of their spirituality and it, 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 it derails you, you know, to do your gratitudes on a daily basis. Are you taking time to do meditation? Do you think you have to do it all yourself so that oh. you don't ask the universe for help? So you don't say, you know, before I burn a speech, I go to, all right, use me for my highest good. Just use me. You take over. Let me just go in. When I've gone into negotiations, I'm asking for feminine divine. Sometimes I'll do angels, fairies. I, I don't care if you think that this, Clipper is your spiritual. Are you asking the power, something bigger for your help to deal with you? Not to deal with, to show, to show who you are in your awesomeness. Mm. Right? So if you're in spiritual, intellectual, I know that I have to grow. If I'm not growing at work, I'm stuck. So, you know, I, I tell women, ask your bosses. You all have money assigned to you for your own growth. And yet women are 75% less likely to ask their bosses to invest in a class or course, a conference, or, or even to take a, if you're in sales, to take a client to a spa. You don't ask, oh, what would they think of me? Oh, I don't. You know what they think about you? Is you're brilliant and smart that you're investing in yourself. If you have a client, not everybody plays golf. I'll tell you, your male counterparts are are getting those golfing fees and memberships paid by the company because they're bringing their people. You could bring them to the spas. You could go to the nail salon. I've I've had friends that have closed down nail salons and they bought it for all their clients to get their nails done and have a fest. You know, you have to think that you know your way, right? So intellectual is how are you investing in your brain? How are you asking for yourself to be? supported in that way 
how are you thinking about, you know, I want to go to Debbie's retreat or I want to go, how am I going to help myself grow? What books am I reading? By the way, you can all pick up all to me, which there is the strategies for women for my book. How are you going to do that? And then fiscal. The great fear that women has is that they're going to be bad. It's been shown over and over and over again that women hold themselves back out of a made of fear. But are you taking care of yourself? Did you take your wills? Do you have wills? Are you using, are you maxing out your IRAs? Are you, do you have a Roth? Do you have HSA? Are you, are you taking care of yourself financially so that you can go? So it's physical, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and fiscal. And for success in all those areas, to me, that's that's living a great, fabulous, rich, joyous, juicy, mm. so juicy life. And to be a businesswoman and feel that joy to be a leader and coming with leaders who aren't looking at the, that level can encourage their teams to look at their levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's just what a a good leader does is take care of yourself first, like being on the plane. Yep. And then taking care of your team. Because if your foundation isn't strong, how can you step into leadership and lead anybody else? Because we've all known people who have been promoted and they didn't have a strong foundation. They didn't have, you know, that self-leadership and it didn't go exactly well. Well, you know, we, we certainly, we know good bosses. Yeah. My Bronx accent was coming out. They have voices, good bosses and bad mm-hmm. bosses. And the the challenge that happens is, especially if they're at a manager level, not yet at a director level, there aren't a lot of programs available to support you in growing in your leadership piece. Mm-hmm. And if your leader or yours doesn't have access to that, you have to go out. Right. To- that and find it and make the ask invest yeah, so you, in yourself. Right. Which is why, you know, women's leadership experts are so critically important because I think that women to feel successful, to really have a chance to assess the sacrifice because left unto our own, sometimes what we do is we make sacrifices that are sabotages. Yeah. And we call them sacrifices when what they really are is you're sabotaging your own success. And so, so for instance, a woman I know, she had given been given a promotion, offered a promotion. And the decision for her was she had to move to another city. Her kids were established in their school. Her husband was established in his career. They couldn't go. And the discussion that they had was how long would this position be? Right. And they did a lot of research. They did a lot of research and they found that most people only stay three years and they're put put back to, you know, she could request to go back, but the experience of that position would increase her pay, would increase her value, increase her promotionability. And she and her husband and the kids, they all sat down and recognized we can make this work. She also went to the company and said, I'm going to sacrifice my family time by living here. Can you make sure that I'm given enough transportation money so I could go back and forth to see my family? 
So she made an educated decision. Instead of educated decision rather than an emotional sabotage would say that said, no, this wouldn't work because that's sometimes our own ego. Mm -hmm. I have to be the one to do the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the morning. No, your husband could get, he could do that. (laughs) I need to be the one to go and kiss him at night. Yes, I agree. That's a great, that's a great thing. But you can also make other, other traditions that only you do. Right. with your kids. And, and, you know, three years goes really, really fast. And it was only for a, a specific period of time. And and that's right. kind of the, the point. A lot of times when we sacrifice, we're just letting it happen. We're not choosing something. We're not saying, okay, I, I am, I know I'm sacrificing this and I'm doing it with intention because I know what the outcome is. And I know what the period of time is. And I've had the conversation with my family and they all understand. Instead, you stop yourself before even going there and saying, "Ah, oh, I there's no way I can do that. My kids are still home and yeah." And so yeah, that's an and, interesting story. Very illuminating. You know, it, it also goes back to like finances and I just just I made a lot of money when I was younger and I saved jack squat. And I <laughs> and I laugh and you know, say, I look back and I go, "You what were you thinking?" But at that moment, I actually thought, and this was a crazy thought when you, when I look back at now, I go, what was I, what was I thinking? I was thinking that you needed a lot, a big sum of money to be saved like in some container and then you could save it. It never, ever. So, I mean, seriously. So I was imagining that I would have to have, I'll just say, you know, $5,000 and then I could save it and then I can invest it, right? Well, $5,000 and let's go $60 for dinner. Let's look at that outfit for $200. $5,000, well, this is not a big deal. So, So what was I doing was spending this money and never putting it aside to have that five thousand mm. dollars because my mind was made. You know, I, I had this mindset of I couldn't do it with just twenty five bucks. Yeah, and you know, so it wasn't of, it wasn't enough to make an impact. It wasn't. I, I, I but didn't it was. Know. I didn't know. And this is one of the things that I think is really important when we talk about sacrifice and success. And I, I'll ask answer any other question. I just this is is. Success really comes in very small itty bitty bites. Mm. Success isn't the big enchilada, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the big, you know, I talked to you about my other coaching client, Mel, who wanted, you know, to talk to her about the Lamborghini. It really isn't, it doesn't happen like that. It happened by little, 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 little success points. And I think that sometimes, as women, we do not, well, not sometimes I think, I know because I've worked with thousands of women. We tend not to applaud our little successes. We tend not to tell the world about them. We ne- we tend, when somebody says, how are you? We'll either go into, oh, let me tell you how I am. Or we, we won't tell about the success because we don't want to sound like we're bragging. Well, and that's a story that's been ingrained. 
That, that yeah. is a generational story. Mm-hmm. Little girls should be quiet. Little yep. girls should be. But we are asking because we really do want to know. We, everybody loves hanging around somebody who's a success. So you well, want to and I love that exercise that you shared about looking at your life in 10 year increments. And, and really, you know, what were those successes that were in there and probably not planned? It wasn't on your bucket list. It wasn't something you wanted to do. It was an opportunity that presented itself. And you said, yes. 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 Yeah. Well, here's, here's one of the things that I, I'll, I'll share something for myself that just came up literally in the last three months. So I hired a coach. I think that women, we, all women need coaches. I've had two, this year, I've had two coaches that I've been working with. We do. and. Yep. One, the coaches had me, we were going through my bio and she was talking to me. She really didn't know me at all. She didn't know my background. She didn't know anything, but she was very curious about my life. and was talking about it. And I happened to mention, well, yeah, you know, I went, I was on President Bush asked me to go and do a thing on women in leadership and business, what, you know, his office did. And I, so I was on the task force of that. And, oh, and I met President Clinton and he you know, I had read my book about mentoring women and girls and do the page. And, and I, re- I have a letter from his wife at, you know, Hillary Clinton about thanking them for the book. And, you know, that I was asked to be on the congressional task force. And I mean, I when Obama was on another congressional task force that the White House and I worked with the White House on that. And I said it like, 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 I didn't put any that. I mean, it was just like, yeah, it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know. And she goes, "What? What? How come you don't say that anywhere?" I'm like, it, and it goes back to that, you know, that self-promoting. What was the word that you used before the when we were talking about the videos and you know we label it that way. And, well, and, you know, yeah. we we don't want to do brag. We don't want to brag. Right. We don't want to self-promote. We don't want to make ourselves be perceived. Right. We, we hate being perceived that we're like all that. Right. And yet and yet we love women who are all that. Yeah. So and we're very careful about it. Right. So uh, it's been really interesting to me to watch some of the women that, you know, in media that some are loved because of how they're showing up all the time. So like Jennifer Lopez, right? Yeah. I'll give you an example. People are like, oh my God, Jennifer Lopez. And people are watching her. Now she's doing all this promotion. Like she she must have a team of promoting. <laughs> it's okay for her. Yeah. But how she promotes herself is there's a pieces of vulnerability. There's a piece of hum- humility that is still out there as opposed to others that we will say like, oof, you know, we don't want we don't want to look like that. Or like I was telling you earlier about the videos, you know, the, that yeah. I be I don't want to be like narcissistic. Right. Right. And you, of course you're not. You're not. We need the to difference promote. is what's the facts, Jack? What did you factually do? What are you factually creating? What are you factually, what have you factually have accomplished? And that's very different. That wasn't me. That very different to be able to do that, to say, you know, to just say it that way, yeah. to to say, no, this is the fact. This, this is, is what fact. I've done. It's, it's just yeah. the facts. Yeah. 
And I would love, speaking of promotion, you to share how the viewers, the listeners can find out more about you and what you do, where they can connect with you. Would you share how they can do that? Sure. So there's two ways. First is go to powerwomenworldwide.com. That leads to my Power Women Worldwide page where you'll learn about the courses and classes and everything we do for both women in business, women in leadership, and it leads to my keynote speaking. So I speak to women's groups all over the world and men and women. I mean, we just do that. And I have a new book called Call to Lead, Success Strategies for Women. And what I love about this is I pull together 18 global leaders. So we have women from all over the world who really are giving some insightful pieces about their experience of leadership. The other piece that I would say is I have something called P-E-G-I-N-E-Peggine.club, C-L-U-B, Peggine.club. If you like the way I speak, if you you find myself being influential, impactful, motivating, inspiring to you, and you would love to share a cup of coffee with me. You could join the Pegin.club and every day you get a daily motivational, uh, inspirational message specifically on business, motivation, confidence, leadership, and business. And it's only $7 a month. So that's a great way to stay connected. Oh, a fabulous way. Pegin, I can't thank you enough for being here today to sharing your insights about women in leadership and those who aspire to be about success and sacrifice. So I so appreciate you. And I hope that all of you enjoyed listening to Pegeen and her tips and tools. And until the next time, here is wishing all of you the clarity you deserve. Bye-bye for now. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting to Clarity podcast with Debbie Peterson. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and recommend it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. To learn more about how you can create more success with less sacrifice in your leadership and life, visit gettingtoclaritypodcast.com.